0: I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got Super Bowl champion, four-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Pro Bowler, Leroy Butler. Leroy, how's everything going?
1: Doing good, Zach. How you doing, my brother?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm getting very nervous about football season. Really? Yes.
1: Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. They're gonna gonna, play. You're not. I I think they're gonna play.
0: Whether they finish is what I'm concerned about.
1: Well, I mean, you can almost look at the model from Major League Baseball. They had some outbreaks during yeah, the season. I know. But people people got to understand football is king. Yeah. So it would take maybe like 125, maybe 140 guys to get infected for them to shut it down because the, the rosters are a little bit more expanded. And then it really, to be honest, with the NFL, with fantasy football, it depends on who it is. Yeah. If there's yeah. a couple – if there's, like, six starting quarterbacks uh, in COVID night, they'll probably consider maybe yeah. doing something at that point.
0: Yeah. No, because I because I, I know. I was looking at your tweets, and you had something that I had kind of thought of with the having everybody in hotels. Yes. I think that would work, and said you can add to it. I think there's the issue that, oh, I want to see my family, which is very understandable. You don't yeah. want to not see your family for five months. Have mm-hmm. the families come in. You booked a whole hotel – First floor is math, second floor is Spanish, third floor is arts (laughs) and crafts, and then you have the rooms. That way, they can go to school and they can chill. You got a pool. They got some of them. got like arcades. They can have pay per view, free pay per view. Everybody wins. I
1: I think it'd be a great idea if you don't have a bubble like the NBA. They need to have a bubble.
0: They need to have one.
1: They would never do that. And WNBA had zero cases. I don't even have a bubble. Yeah. So if you don't have a bubble, you got to create one. And I think the NFL. Three four months ago, should have purchased because these hotels and restaurants—they waited too long. They didn't do anything. Yes, exactly. They should have did it a long time ago. Bought yeah. up a couple of hotels. Not a hotel makes money. The Restaurants make money. Yep. Now you could put your guys there in quarantine. You know where they are. Yes. Because yeah. trusting these guys to go home is going to be like Major League Baseball.
0: See, I'm not concerned about the guys. Oh, I think they're all like there's going to be there's going to be a couple guys on every team that are going to hold everybody accountable. Yeah. I'm not concerned yeah. about the guys. What I'm concerned about is. They're testing the guys. They're testing all the employees. They're not testing their families. They're not testing the people yep. they're around. And you, especially if kids are going back to school, which I think is crazy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, you don't know if the one kid maybe one time his mass isn't all the way up. He gets it, brings it in. Somebody gets infected. The whole team gets infected. You can't predict that unless you're testing everyone.
1: And, see, that's the thing about it is um, they were going to do this, and I think they're still exploring this pool testing. Now, remember, I most saw of that, the guys yeah. – most of the guys don't live in Green Bay in the off season. They just yeah. don't. Maybe yeah.
0: five, why not? Why not? Yeah. It's,
1: it's so. It's, it's the beaches, if you're the from Florida. It's like from it's, like, LA, it's like sandals, Jamaica, right? It's the same yeah. same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: So you're yeah. gonna stay there. And for me, for example, I would move my family up like in August okay. if it was on if it wasn't yeah. a pandemic. But now the families can either stay home for three or four months. It's a commitment and yeah. it's during a pandemic, so things are going to be different. Yeah. Or you can move your family here and they'll stay in the hotel during the season. That way I can test them. And I think everybody in America should be able to get the testing for 15 minutes. Yes. Whether it's true or not, just the volume of yes. it. I'm going to get tested, same as my family. Yeah. But that's what I'm with. Now, the single guys you may get the Williams of the mean. world yes, sir. to do that. And that's where – Lemon
0: Pepper Lou's getting the best, gets the best, best <laughs> nickname in the NBA by far.
1: Yes. So, I, hey, listen, the single guy's got to buy yeah. into what it feels like to be married. Yeah. You go home to your family. Yep. And you just relax. Yep. Otherwise, just opt out. And I applaud anybody like Lorenzo Kane, because yep. I'm in Milwaukee – He opted out, gave up like six million dollars. I applaud that. Yeah. But the guys who're gonna be there, be committed for the next for MLB next forty seven games and NFL, you got, you know, three, four months. After that you can do whatever you want. So everybody has to buy in.
0: If you were playing in the NFL now with everything going on, would you give any consideration to opting out or would you play?
1: Well, I would do what uh, I would do what most guys should do: contact tracing your family, find out who has high blood pressure, yeah. who has heart disease, who has any kind of problems. Yeah. Then they wouldn't be able to come. No. And I have a conversation with my wife, and then we will make that decision. But I'm I would probably play Yeah. because the safest place you could be is at the facility. Yeah. To be honest with you, because they're going to test you, they're going to feed you, they're going to do everything you want to yeah. do. I would feel safe enough to play. The NFL has done a good job with that. But it's just, you know, the contact tracing and the knowing where these guys are is yeah. going to be kind of a head scratch. And I'm not into these, you know, against guys' liberties because they got these oh, tracking no. devices and all that. Listen, it, I'm a grown man. Yeah. I follow rules. Yeah. If they say put on a seatbelt, I do that. Yes. If they say don't text and drive, I do that. Yep. Whatever the rules are that we agreed to, I'm gonna do that, and that'll keep me yeah. safe.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to ask you a little bit about your early, early career. So I just had this thing right there. So I saw this, with it, which kind of threw me off. Is it true you spent the majority of your childhood in a wheelchair with leg braces on?
1: Yeah, I used to have the same leg braces as uh, Forrest Gump. Did they make that movie based off your life? Uh, they should have. Tom Hanks owed me a lot of money. They had some royalties every time that <laughs> thing
0: comes on TNT. Hey, that's six fifty. Come on, yeah.
1: man. <laughs> So, yeah, my life was rough growing up in the inner city. One of the poorest kids, mm. in my mind, one of the poorest kids ever. But I told my mom I wanted to play in the NFL. And I had these, again, these braces on. I had to sit in a wheelchair. I had to have crutches. So kids were mean to me going in school, but I didn't – it didn't bother me because I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up.
0: And so how, how did you kind of like – I saw that you kind of just figured out – It said you were the fastest kid in the neighborhood. How, how did you kind of like grow out of the braces?
1: Well, what happened was my sister, because uh, she's the oldest, she's basically the babysitter, and my mom would work three jobs. I mean, that's the real hero yeah. right there with yeah. no cape. Yeah. And she, one day she was getting ready for the prom, and she just kind of came downstairs, and I was sitting there in the wheelchair, and she knocked me out of the wheelchair by mistake. And my braces, they break. And when they break, I stood up, and I'm kind of like, like was you know it was it was new to me. Yeah, it was hard to just move around without assistance of with crutches or somebody because yeah. she used to help me go up and down the stairs. She used wow. to carry me. I and thought you were. I thought I you were
0: going to say they broke and you're going to be like, wait a minute, I could have done this the whole time. So. I know.
1: Well, my mom <laughs> went. We went back to the uh, Children's Hospital in Jacksonville, Florida, They said, "Yeah, he pretty much grew out of it." But I was extremely pigeon-toed. My feet were like this. And oh wow. Like Is yeah. So when the braces broke, they said, "Well, we'll put you in these little." corrective shoes, you know, and yeah. if you've been an eight, nine year old kid, you know, you're gonna get picked on if you got these corrective shoes, but I was okay with it. Yeah. And then for some reason, God gave me the ability, the ability to compete with whoever I'm around. If awesome. I was racing one of the fastest guys, I try to keep up with them. That's awesome. If I was running with a bunch of guys and they weren't running fast, I would keep up with them. So I learned to adapt to my surroundings and that's what made me faster. Because I, I remember my head coach at um, at high school coming to my classroom wanting me to run track. And I'm like, dude, I'm not track star. He said, I just want you to just keep running. For some reason, you compete. You like to compete. And you run as fast as the next guy. And I did pretty well at it. Oh, so cool. I, I really think that God gave me the ability to sit in that wheelchair to understand that it was going to be a delay. You know, I was in special education. Wow. Um, I couldn't read. You know, again, uh, it was just tough on me. I used to ride on the, the bus, just me and the driver. Damn. And Damn. all of these, these negative things Yeah. But I had my blinders on, I didn't yeah. know the kids were bullying me and picking on me because I ignored them. But every negative thing you could think of for a kid, I yeah. went through it, but I had yeah. the same smile. Yeah because I knew how my story was going to end, and that was going to end in the NFL.
0: I have a question. If you're the only kid on the school bus, how long will they wait for you outside your house before they leave?
1: <laughs> oh, no, they know your times. They know your mom's times. All she goes is just blow. Just blow the horn. Here I come. Yeah. Uh, it, is it was a couple of times it was a delay because my sister was tying my shoes. My sister was tying my shoes, and the yeah. bus is out there. She didn't blow but once, and she just waited.
0: That's why
1: she know I'm showing up because she I love
0: school because if not, she gets to go home. So she's she's like, I got one stop today. If he doesn't come, I'm out of here. And I have a question. So I was looking at your high school. Is it true? It's called Robert E. Lee high school. Are they
1: changing that? No, that's a good question. When we first went there, I remember I was going to a school called Terry Parker high school. So I'm ninth grade going into the 10th grade. I'm practicing um, spring football with this high school. My mom gets a letter, and she's reading this letter like, uh uh, I said, what? She said, based on your last name, you got to go to another school. I said, what school is that? And she said, Robert E. Lee. I said, oh, I don't want to go to that school, man. The people, they're going to be racist. She <laughs> said, no, be a leader, yeah. not a follower, because I'm from the South. Yeah. Okay, so what Bubba Watson went through, Bubba yeah. Wallace went through, yeah. I went through that every day. So it didn't bother me, but I was, had some reservations. So I used to, so now I just say Lee High School.
0: So I like that. That's yeah. See, the thing is they could change it and keep Lee. You could go Bruce Lee High School, Jet Lee <laughs> High School, who else, Marquise Lee High School, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> options. David yeah. Lee, David Lee could be, could be like the principal. You could figure
1: that out. It was rough. It was yeah. rough because the kids, you know, especially history class, you find out what this guy did with yeah. the Confederate. And I used to see Confederate flags all the time. Really? All the time. I mean, this is the South. I mean, people were proud of that, man. It was just it – was, it was rough growing up in that particular school. But we were so good in football, Zach, that the other schools gave us a pass. Wow. We were so good. We dominated Jacksonville, Florida. That's
0: awesome.
1: And I'm like, you know, people never brought up They just say Lee High School.
0: That's why they gotta change they gotta change that. Yeah, like, like, hey, we're not in school now, but like <laughs> once fall comes around, like, yeah, this this has gotta go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, right.
1: people your age are the ones that are gonna change it. Yeah, because my age we're too stubborn, stuck in our ways, and yeah, we don't know how to do it. Yeah,
0: no, because you're like, you're like, wait a minute, you're learning about this guy, you're like, he did what?
1: Right. Why? Why is his name on the
0: door? A slave. Why yes. is his, Why is his name on the door? What's going on with it? I don't. I don't get it. It's why. Get it's wild. It. So how did you end up in Florida State? What was that process like?
1: Well, what happened was I was a, a consensus All American at Lee High School. So I told my mom. I said, "How many people in our families ever going to college?" She said, "Nobody." I said, "My no, wow. mom, the family tree. It's like a tree full of names." Yeah. She said, "Nobody." Wow. So I'm thinking, I was a consensus All-American, the first at the school history. I was on the top. they all century team, like oh, 33 cool. players. I was like headlines. But another piece of adversity, I was a Proposition 48. That meant that I couldn't play my freshman year because I didn't pass the SAT test. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> so all those letters I was getting from all those schools, they all wrote letters saying, we can't offer you. Coach Bobby Bowden, not only did he want me to come, he came to the project to tell my mom he's giving me a scholarship. That's wild. I'll never forget it. I'm thinking my life's over. I mean, I can't go to if I can't go to college, I can't go to the NFL. Yeah. But again, God is good, and Coach Bowden showed up with, you know, he got that garnet and gold. It's not maroon. It's garnet and gold. (laughs) He get out of his nice Buick. He comes up the stairs and he says. Uh, Miss Butler, I got to get him out of the inner city. I need to give him a scholarship. She said, but I thought the schools couldn't give him one. She said, he said, no, we can give six guys a scholarship. You just can't play your freshman year, but he can come to school and learn his freshman year. just Man. won't play football. Yeah. And it worked out great. So I'll never forget. It. I owe That's a awesome. lot to Florida State University. I really do. Were, you there? Were you there when Prime was there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: What was he like like in college?
1: Uh, I tell people all the time, I get into arguments at the barbershop when they say who's the best athlete of all time It's Deion Sanders. I've gone to where he qualifies for the 100, 200, 4x100 for the Olympics. Yeah. And then he go hits a home run in baseball, and then he returns a punt for a touchdown. The guy was truly amazing. Yeah. The one thing about Dion, he taught all of us, me yeah. and Terrell Buckley, Martin Mayhew, all of us, branding is everything. Yeah. Think about your brand. Yeah. So that means don't get in trouble off the field, which he's never done it. Nope. And he also wanted you to be a Christian and be close to the Lord.
0: Interesting.
1: You're playing a game that you could lose your life. Yeah. So we joined the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because of Coach Val- Valden oh, chose cool. me and me and Dion thought it'd be a cool way to express how much you're saved and and you know God is pretty cool. That's know? awesome. Cool thing. Yeah. And so D I was great, man. But more than anything, he he just loved his teammates. He really did. He loved yeah. his teammates.
0: I, I was listening to an interview he was on uh part my take a couple weeks ago and they were and the one guy was trying to like kind of mess with him and he was trying to find a game where he missed a tackle or mm-hmm. couldn't tackle any one hmm. of them, he got he, – he was like – he was like, I think he said it was like the Super Bowl. And he said, no, that was his account. And then he found another one, I guess, when you guys were playing Auburn. Yeah. And I guess he couldn't bring down um, uh, Bo Jackson.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And he said,
0: man – Nobody could. <laughs> nobody could. He said, man, this dude was created by the hand of God. Nobody's bringing him down. And I lost it. I thought it was fantastic. That's awesome.
1: We yeah. used to tell the. Uh- we're, we didn't want you to come here to tackle. That's my job. I'm a safety. <laughs> Go shut down their best receiver and and return punts for touchdowns. And that's why I believe he's the best corner ever played. And I know people are going to see this and say, well, you're biased. Well, look at the record, man. The guy yeah. is true to him. And he's a great person. Yeah. See, you can have all of that. But a bad person inside. Yeah, Giannis platinum on the inside and outside. I just yeah. love him. He's truly amazing.
0: Do you think if he if he went if he tried out for a team today he could make it?
1: Well, he got too much. He got a hip going on. He got two knees going on. He could play if for Washington. Knows- Washington.
0: Washington, you see Washington secondary. <laughs> he could <Yeah>. start tomorrow. <laughs> I tell you what.
1: I told him this, I said, when you eventually pass away in the next two hundred years. You need to donate your body and your brain to science yeah. because the guy literally is a great businessman. Yeah. He's a great dad. He's
0: everything. He can do anything he wanted. He
1: can do anything. He, I mean, he was really one of the few people that, you know, God put that sword on both shoulders and say, okay, you're special. Go.
0: God gave him 99s across the board.
1: Yep. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> but the thing about him, and we used to have this conversation, power is dangerous if you don't yep. use it the right way. Yeah. He uses his power the right way.
0: Yeah, so I have a question. I want to ask you: What, what
1: was the the, the punt rooski like? Did it, what was what was that like? Well, the punt rooski. Now, most people up north, I'd say from Kentucky up, ask me about the Lambeau Leap. People from Kentucky down the South ask about the punt rooski. Really, it's interesting. Okay, that was a big deal. That was one of the the best. I remember during the week of Florida State, we had a, a coach came in, coach Bowden said, "Hey, we got a fake punt." I want you to do it. I said, Well, I'm not a punter. <laughs> he said, No, you're the up back. Cause I was always on the punt team. Yeah. I was the up back. And this was my junior year. I said, okay, great. So we went, we were gonna use it against Florida because we played them at the end of the year. So we're playing Clemson, their top five team. We're like a top six team or whatever. We're in Clemson. And uh Burt Reynolds, bless him, R.I.P. He bought us these all white uniforms. Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds. Damn. And also shout out to Burt Reynolds because he – we had this old tore-up dorm. He got rid of that and made Burt Reynolds Hall. I never knew – did he he go there? Did he go to Florida State? Yeah. I never knew that. Played football for Florida State, yes. Yeah, we love Burt. Did you like him
0: in Longest Yard? Not the first one. I know he was in the first. The second one, he made a big play that people don't talk about. Oh, that's the
1: guy. Yeah. He was the Uh, coolest guy in Hollywood. I love him and, again, bless his family. But I remember in that game, Zach, we were losing, and um, it was fourth down and 26 or something, whatever it was. And we was on our own 20-yard line or whatever it was. And I remember Coach Bowen said, run that play as I'm running on the field. So I tell all the guys we're going to run it. And it was wet. It was raining. If I slip and fall, I'm I'm the GOAT, but not greatest of all time. (laughs) The other GOAT. (laughs) So I go in, I tell everybody, it works to perfection. We do a fake punt. The guy, Dane Williams, put it between my legs. I, I sit there. And then I see this guy coming my eye from Clemson. I think his name was Jerome Henderson. He saw me. So I take our running. I, run, I said, all I want to do is get the first down. And I'm running, I'm running. I wasn't, again, wasn't like Deion Sanders speed. But I got to like the 50-yard line. I said, oh, this is awesome. And you can see the stadium just – because this was at Clemson. Yeah. They are shocked. They don't know where the ball is. Nick, they know you see me running down. And then, then um, Donnell Wolford, he was a the punt return guy. He was like, where's the ball? All of a sudden he sees me running. He runs over. He knocks me out of bounds. like at like the three-yard line. My One of my best friends, Richie Andrews, kicks the winning field goal. That's awesome. And we win. Did you keep and the I, ball? Huh? Did you keep the ball? Oh, f- of course. All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> you know, but that's a good question because yeah. in NCAA, they don't let you keep it. Really? Nope. You but can't even about? have footballs? They can't. have oh, nope. b- You know how they have all of them. I room? know, but <laughs>
0: footballs? Come on. I'll
1: be ineligible for keeping a ball. And <laughs> making these college football players a billion, billion dollars. No, it's our ball. Sorry. They give everything back. Oh, I mean, they keep it for themselves. Of course, they want to get that ball and do yeah. something
0: with it. Have they been asking you for it? Because they want to put it like in a case. Has anybody now, one ready? of the
1: interns? One of my interns, a good friend of mine, was in my algebra class. He got it for me. Oh, cool! He gave him another ball. He gave him another <laughs> ball. <laughs> he gave him another ball. But it was, it was like I, I just never no, forget it, and That's that put awesome. me on a national yeah. stage. And Bino Cook. I, he was one of the famous writers. He said that was the best place since My Fair Lady. Wow! When he said that, it was headlines. <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
1: Everywhere.
0: That's wild. And
1: that put me on the map.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So and then so like so what what was your draft process like after that?
1: Oh man. Okay. Now this is my childhood dream. So yeah. this is a very emotional time. So yeah. many in inner city. And I remember talking to Dick He He's the defensive back coach at okay. Florida at uh, Green Bay. In Green Bay, yeah. He said, um, "I don't know where you're going to be. I don't know if we're going to draft you, but I just know I like your skills. So I'm thinking it was four teams that may draft me. Yeah. But at the time, Zach, I was a huge, all caps, huge Cowboy fan. Okay? Really." I wanted to go to the Cowboys. I mean, I can name off seventy-five Cowboys back then. I just wanted to play in that stadium. But I remember my uncle was sitting up, like in the front room, but he had a Walter Payton jersey on. He said, "I want you to go anywhere but the Packers. Anywhere, just don't go to the Packers." I said, "I have no control over this." We had rotary phones too, so it it wasn't like none of were doing today. And I just remember that phone rang. And when that phone rang, it, it changed my life. It really did. It was Lee Rimmel from the Green Bay Packers. He put, I said, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is my dream. I was too shocked to even. It's almost like having a lottery ticket, and they've called the numbers, and you're still like, no. It's almost like playing bingo, and everybody's like, somebody has it, but we don't know who it is, and you're yeah. shocked. And then... The head coach, Lindy and Fonte, gets on Zach, and he said, we're going to draft you. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I said, what's going on? He said, well, okay, we may draft you with the 48th pick in the second round. So I'm like, what's it? He said, okay. He said, before we do that, do you have any questions before we turn the card in? I said, yes. Where's Green Bay? <laughs> he laughed. He laughed. He would die laughing. laugh. He said, okay, we're going to select you. So my family sees my name. The Roy Butler Green Bay. We're jumping up and down, no air conditioning. It was like 80 people cramped in a small apartment. It, it changed my life. That's it really awesome. did. And the first thing popped in my head was I gotta buy my mom a house to get her out of the project.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, what was, was that weather change like going from Jacksonville to oh, Green Bay?
1: We're on the plane, May 2nd, I think. I'm with my girlfriend. Yeah. We're on the plane. I have when we left Florida, it was 87 degrees. I have on some shorts and a, just a, a Florida State shirt. Yeah. So does she. So we're flying up, and then the pilot comes on. It's a beautiful day in Green Bay. The wind is coming from the north. It's a beautiful 17 degrees. My girl here turned around like the exorcist before she spit that green stuff out. She said, did he just say? I said, no. The pilot is from the south. He said, 77. Because you, I ain't never been to Wisconsin. I couldn't even point it out on a <laughs> map. I don't know about no Wisconsin. Some guy, Jack, gets up and his wife takes off his Packer jacket and gives it, me his jacket, and his wife gave my girlfriend hers. I said, wait a minute, sir. He said, no, you're the second-round pick, Roy Butler. You need this jacket because it's cold.
0: That's why I said,
1: how in the hell is that cold in May? He said, hey, it's a cold front. I said, I asked her. I said, what's a cold front? She said, I don't know. That's my. I had no idea the cold as it was in Jacksonville, maybe 40s. But when I got to God's Country in Green Bay, these fans fans were amazing. Well, what was
0: your first experience like? getting going to Lambeau Field because I feel like it's just like even there's no game on. It's just it's like a, it's, it's a landmark.
1: It's a, it's a historical site. Yeah. When I first landed, it was 1,500 people there. I said, do these people have jobs? It was like a Wednesday at 2 o'clock. I mean, everybody got to agree and go. I'm going through the gauntlet, shaking hands. And like I said, I'm like, I'm assuming every team is like this. Yeah. So I'm like, this is amazing. There was a young lady, a 90-year-old young lady. She's walking inside of the gauntlet. You know how you shake. She's walking inside of it. And she comes over to me, and she has her cane. She says, you must never lose to the Minnesota Vikings. I said, whoa! What? What? Okay. I mean, all right. And the next team, she took her cane and put it right over my heart. And you better not lose to the Bears. I was like, man, this is intense. So she started to leave. I said, "Ma'am, wait a minute. What about the Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay? She turned around. She said, you won't have any problem with those two teams. You're good. When I got over to Lambeau Field and I saw Bart Starr's picture, I said, God, if this is heaven, I don't want to go nowhere else. I Bart Starr, I mean, even if you weren't a Packer a fan, <laughs> you knew about Bart Starr. Number fifteen. And then I saw Ray Nisky and then I saw all the stuff and then the kids riding bikes to because I was a three day holdout. Yeah. And I finally got there in the summer. There's fifteen hundred My-
0: people waiting for you for three days? There no,
1: just- no, no no that was when you go in and do all the media <laughs> stuff. But when you went back for the mini camp, yeah. it was like, you know, this is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know you ride the kids bikes to camp. That's- so when I got there, I'm like, "This is, I, this is amazing!" And people were like walking around, and and I'm like, "This is everybody loved the Packers." And then I know the history of it, yeah. not having an owner. You know, I'm like, I see some 36 jerseys when I first saw. There's two things impactful to me as a rookie. Yeah. I saw a guy with my jersey, and I saw a kid come up to me and want me to sign my football card. I was shocked. I was like, "That's my card." I just wanted to give it. I wanted to buy it from the kid. The kid's like, "No, they have tons of them. You don't have to get it." I said, like, "Can I have that?" He's like, think "We got a whole stack of them." So my first card, my first autograph is to myself. <laughs> I signed the card, and he saw me so error when he just gave it to me, and things just change. And I, I just the fans are just great.
0: I thought you were going to say that old woman she's going to be like, hey, by the way, I'm on the practice squad.
1: <laughs> s- <laughs> it seems like that because I'm going to tell you something. It's like if the Packers lose, the sh- state shuts down. That's when they win, everybody rich. Every And then your neighbors, everybody loves you. That's why I played it for 12 years. I love it here.
0: What What was Reggie White like when you first met him?
1: Reggie was – very impactful, because, only because he was the first free agent to sue the NFL and win. Interesting. So I saw Reggie. Uh, he was at a, a a function with the coaches, and I'm thinking, why is Reggie White here? Didn't he sign with San Francisco? They said, no, I think he's signing here. I'm like, he's doing a physical, but I didn't know he was getting a physical. Yeah. I said, that's Reggie White. I'm going to go over to him. So I went over there. He was the nicest guy and he just said, "Hey, "I want to win a Super Bowl." I got I got so much adrenaline in my body when he said that because I knew in night he got there in 93, 91, and 92 we were a losing culture. So how are we going to win a Super Bowl? And he had this whole thought process of how he was going to do it. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have a Super Bowl reign, wow. but it did change when we got him and then we got uh Brett Favre, man. Zach, I'm telling you, you can just feel the spirit when you see number four and number 92 getting dressed. Things change. Everything changed. You just start to expect to win.
0: Yeah.
1: And we – things just kind of went off from there.
0: That's wild. Is, is, is Reggie, in your opinion, the greatest defensive player of all time?
1: Uh, I don't think you'll ever see a player take over a game like Reggie. Who,
0: who, do you, who do you think is the closest we've seen to him since him?
1: Oh. Ooh. I guess you could say J.J. Watt. Um, Michael Strahan. Was, man, he was <sighs> – Strahan, you could put four people on four people on. he going to get a sack. I mean, so like a combination of those two people, I mean, Charles Haley, I mean – People that when they look up at the clock and it's the fourth – you see your best players, Zach, do good things in the first and fourth quarters. Anybody can take off in the second and third. But the first and fourth quarter is your top guys, and that was Reggie White. That's wild. Reggie White, man, he – I remember in the Super Bowl, the guy said, man, I'm tired of this. I said, what what are you talking about? I'm just tired of this because he wouldn't curse. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not getting to the quarterback. I said, don't be so hard on yourself, Reggie. You know I'm hard on myself. This is the Super Bowl. This is the reason why I came here. Got two sacks, boom, boom. And got a third. And he had this thought process. But I'm going to tell you the reason why it was so impactful real quick, in a few seconds. When Reggie got there, he wanted everybody to go to Bible study. And that Friday, we had Bible study. It was like four guys out of 83 guys there. I lost I was them. disappointed. I said, Reggie, you got to understand something. These guys think that you're like the Pope. <laughs> you got to go out and hang out with them. Every Thursday we go out. I don't drink or smoke, but every, every Thursday, guys go drink to the bar. It was called the bar. You play volleyball, eat wings. I went because I want to be with my teammates, although yeah. I didn't drink. I drank Shirley yeah. Temple's. <laughs> So, so that following Thursday, here comes Reggie. Because I'm the only oddball there, because I'm the only one that didn't drink. I'm the yeah. only one in the whole bar that didn't drink, and the whole state. Probably, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a that's a good point, Zach. You brought it right. <laughs> I mean, including teenagers, allegedly, allegedly. But, so here comes Reggie. Reggie comes in goes behind the bar, serve up cup drink, laugh high five it got about eight thirty because you know you're going to leave early though you got to about six the next the following Friday, we had eighty one guys at bible wow. study. the other two wow. guys that didn't make it they were on I r so they they were injured.
0: I think you're going to say they were a synagogue. <laughs> no.
1: No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> but it changed. It changed. <laughs> it changed. It changed the complexion of our team That's because everybody. When you swipe the key card, it turns green. It's about the team. If you swipe it, it turns red. Go see HR. It's a problem. Yeah. But we started to win. We started because we trusted one another and we loved one another. And if we weren't in Bible study, and now some of the guys did open the Bible upside down, but at least they were there.
0: <laughs> that's like that's no that's because I was watching I was watching the Dexter Manley um, football life a couple of weeks ago and they, they said that apparently like they said that he really didn't know how to read until way after his career which is insane and I know I think it was Feisman said he, apparently Dexter Manley at the last locker at the end of the row so he they would mm-hmm. see him right as they're walking out of the locker yeah. and he he's just walking out one time and he sees him reading the Wall Street Journal He's like what's going on here <laughs> and he turns back around and he looks at him he had it upside down
1: yep I'm like oh, I'm not surprised. You. Cause guys just want to be there, but yeah. they weren't really like religious types. That's wild. But they wanted to be, and I'm like, this guy got the Bible uh oh, oh, He really, but he was there to listen to the message. Yeah. And that's what made us do yeah. like this, and we started to win.
0: That's wild. Wh- whose work ethic were you more impressed by, Reggie's or Dion's?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh. I would say Dion, because he had arrogance with it. Yeah. Like, I dare you to throw it at me. And I'm faster than everybody on your team, including your cars. Reggie was like a quiet giant, you know? But if you're going to have all that and be confident and and live up to prime time, like, don't call me – Deion Sanders, I'd call him Deion Sanders because I love his mom. His mom is amazing because she's just like my mom, yeah. But w- people just call him Pramp. That's that's what, if you want to be the top guy, you got to think like that. You really do have the yeah. make the makeup to say that, yeah, your podcast is going to be better than everybody else yep. when you can get podcast, You have yeah. to think like that, yeah. otherwise, you'll think like the guy that's at the bottom, yeah. So, Dion. Even when it was something bad happened, he was spinning like, hey, I'm Deion Sanders. And now you're concentrating back on Deion Sanders instead of the bad play. So the guy's truly brilliant. And I think your cause your teammates, the reason why that's a good question, because your teammates watch how you do things, how you lift weights, yes. how you run, how you eat, how you even talk to your wife. How you talk to your kids, how you talk to your girlfriend. You know, now what do you say on social media? Yeah. They watch everything, watch your makeup. Are you truly being a leader yeah. off the field? Yeah. And that's the difference between Reggie White, vocal leader. You know, to, D. is a leader by example. Yeah. Now I, mean, I sometimes like that can be the toughest one.
0: I got a funny story. If I ever get the chance to meet him, I'm gonna tell him this. So I'll never forget this. I was in junior year in high school, biology class. And there's one kid in class, never answered a question. This, the kid was always joking around, never did anything. <laughs> never answered a question. You, okay. you, so the teacher's asking us about um, uh, the elements. I'll never forget this. And she says, does anybody know anything about neon? And this kid's hand was the first one that shot up. I'm like, what's he joking about this? And I'm looking, and then he answers, and she said, yes. And he goes, the only neon I know is neon Dion Sanders, and we <laughs> lost
1: oh wow
0: that's the only time he raised his hand the entire year and he was Branding. dead serious too and i'm like hey, name is everything it so is yeah that's yes. why that's what. so how did, how did the lambo leap come to life
1: well uh 1993 i go over i'm from florida as you know
0: yeah
1: i go over to the locker room and i'm checking the thermostat like what what it's like a minus next to a 17 i'm like Hey, guys, is this thing broken or what? They said, no, man, what are you talking about? I said, well, do they forfeit the game and do we go home with our parents and eat orange slices and Capri Suns? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. You got to go play. They gave us some stuff to keep us warm, and I remember uh, they gave us some pantyhose. I said, guys, what are these pantyhose for? For our wives or what? No, son, put them on to keep you warm. So – uh, we're putting these things on, and everybody's like, walking down. I see Reggie White, 6'5", 300 pound, and pantyhose. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, come on, Reggie. I said, man, you got to run in yours. He said, what? I said, you got to – never mind. It was just funny because yeah. we're playing the Raiders. If I'm cold, I know they're freezing. Yeah. So we get into the game, and I cause a fumble. And Zach, when I caused a fumble out of my peripheral vision, I saw the ball, but I don't know where it went. The field is frozen. So the ball is like shooting everywhere. And I'm looking around. I'm looking. And I remember Coach Holm saying, if you ever get a fumble, never, never, never lateral it. Bad things happen.
0: I do that in Madden all the time. I always lose it. <laughs> Every time in Madden, I always lose it.
1: <laughs> you know, dude, I saw Reggie. I saw, oh, Reggie has it. He's running, and a guy's grabbing him. So I run over there and I see, uh, Tony Bennett, not the singer. It's people's, uh, linebacker. Yeah. That was a joke. If the singer was in it, that'd be <laughs> interesting too. <laughs> <I> told- <laughs> <laughs> well, you're funny. So I say Tony, so Tony's trying to go, but Tony falls. Cause again, it's slippery. So Bryce pop is trying to, he falls. I, by the grace of God, I keep my feet. I run towards Reggie and we call eye contact. And when I saw Reggie, he looked like he's going to pitch it. So this is all spontaneous. Yeah. So I'm running, and on. I mean, he caught me in stride. As soon as he was falling, he ladders me. Ball, and I get this ball. And I'm running down, just like the punt Ruski in Clemson. I'm running down the sideline. I'm thinking, I want to do something cool. I'm running down, running, and I and our stadium is huge. But it's when you're inside of it, it's actually small. <laughs> the fans are right on top of you. I mean, you could just go up and say hi to him or whatever, and you could talk to him. I used to do it before games. I run up to this guy. I said, I'm going to jump in the stands. So I throw the ball down. I get ready to jump, but the guy had a beer in his hand. <laughs> he was not expecting this. So I jumped up there. He was like, he threw the beer away. He called me. He said, you owe me a beer. <laughs> i never forget that. Then the other The other fans are like, Really going – we were winning, I think, 21-0. Yeah. So the game was a blowout, but the fans were still in the stadium. And they were – that was the loudest I've ever heard it. So I get down, I get the ball, I go to the sideline. And Reggie's – everybody congratulating Reggie. If you look at it on YouTube, you'll see um, uh, Brett Favre come out there and Doug Evans We're doing these weird dances. And then I sit there and Coach Holmgren comes over to me. He said, never do that again. I said – I don't even realize. I didn't realize what the impact what it was going to be. Yeah, I just know that Robert Brooks, our wide receiver, wrote a song called Jump in the Stands, I think the following year, and it blew up. It blew up. It blew up. I mean, it was huge. The song, people were downloading the song. People said, what should we name it? And matter of fact, Robert Brooks, because he's smarter than me, he's way smarter than office guys are way smarter. He trademarked Lambeau Leap so other teams wouldn't grab it. Wow. So he was smart. He was way ahead of the game. So shout out to Robert Brooks. If it wasn't for Robert Brooks, I don't know if it'll be famous. I really don't. It'll just go by. It'll just another celebration. Like one of my favorite one was the Icky Shuffle. I love that Icky Shuffle. That Geico that was commercial
0: right. was the Geico commercial was incredible.
1: Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> was not that nice? I love that, and I, I mean, I like Teal with the popcorn, and I like Joe Horn. You know, with the yeah. thing at the sock. I love all that, but the leap, Zach. Again, it's different. It's just like different. It's not.
0: It's different. It's it's, it's different. It's like you can. Only
1: it's do- it's the reason why it's a good question. Also, because it'll be the first year they're not going to do it. Because of COVID 19. Well,
0: they could do it. You might just fall on the stands. Nobody's catching (laughs) you. You
1: you may (laughs) hurt yourself. (laughs) Yeah. But it's all incorporated with the fans. Yeah. You have to have the fans. The fans give you an opportunity to high five them. And in any other sport, the fans can interact with the players. Yes. And I remember Donald Driver, he had to jump and just turn and sit on the wall. Amon Green. I mean, some of my best ones, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Brad, everybody has done it. Yeah. And the good thing about the Leap, when they're doing it, they're, they're scoring points and they're winning games. Yeah. So it'll be the first year. But I said in 2021, they'll just do two guys will do it to make up from last year, which yeah. is 2020. But that that's basically about the Leap, and it's, it was for the fans. I mean, the fans are great. We're owned by the fans. Yeah. We have stock certificates for the fans. So that it's only right that it's you know, fans have to be a part of it.
0: Did you keep that ball too? Oh, no question about All that. Right. I just want to make sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> uh, do you know? Do you know? How, do you know off the top of your head how many guys have done it since you?
1: Oh. That, oh no, I don't know.
0: If you had to uh, guess, what do you think? A couple hundred?
1: Oh, at least I'd say it says 93, I say since '93. Oh man, hundred. maybe. Ooh, including preseason? I oh, think, Five, dang. six, seven hundred maybe? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's wild. I mean, you, maybe you... more than that because pretty much every home touchdown. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Unless it was a bigger guy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe i to go back and look at that. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I just know the fans look forward to it because they walk around town. Yeah. Hey, I called Jody Nelson. Hey, I high-five Edgar Bennett. This is cool. I mean, the worst one was Gabe Wilkins. He's a he's a defensive end. He scored. Uh, he picked up a fumble and scored. They used to have these nets. They pull up so the sort of ball don't go in the stands yeah. when the field goal kicker yeah. kicks it, and he scored. He's all excited, and he went to just do the leap. And He got tangled up in the net, and it looked like wicked tuna. It's like a tuna caught all the. Of- And then once they got him out of the net, the field goal team is out there. Then he goes to try to do it. It was like too late. The referee's like, dude, that was 10 minutes ago. That was probably the worst one, but it was so funny. I thought
0: you were going to say he was stuck in the net and they couldn't get him out, so they just kicked the field goal with him stuck in the net. They should have. They
1: (laughs) should have did that. But that's probably the worst one.
0: And then you brought up Jordan Nelson. Anytime I think of Jordan Nelson, I think of those great – some of the recent Packers teams with Greg Jennings. When was the first time you saw that video? The Greg Jennings video,
1: the the the, the the Madden
0: the, mad, the mad and Greg Jennings. Please, oh, please.
1: <laughs> well, the good thing about knowing people, they uh, to get out ahead of something, guys send you stuff so you can see. it. Yeah, them. yeah, like view this before yeah. it goes viral. Yeah, and, and the good thing uh, the, the the Packers, and I'm I'm glad you brought up Greg Jennings because I I want to transition. I want Packer Nation to be nicer to him.
0: Oh, oh really? I thought he's like – Yeah, well,
1: the uh, only reason why I say that because he said some things that they didn't agree with okay. with him and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And it's almost like they've kicked him out of the family. But Greg Jennings was a great player. He went yeah. to Minnesota, but Brett went to Minnesota. We still welcomed him back. <laughs> so, I'm glad you brought up Greg Jennings. I appreciate that. Greg Jennings is a great was a great player for the Packers, won a Super Bowl. I mean, the guy was truly amazing, and I want him to be a part of the Packer family. I, I mean, remember. I remember right after like it,
0: it happened, George Lopez had that show, and I thought it was phenomenal. He yep. like canceled it, and he yep. went on the show. Yep. And he and then he recreated. He was like Greg Jennings <laughs> <laughs> because he, he's it's honestly one of the best videos of all time. And it's, it's I would a, agree. Um, he, he, he goes, he goes, he goes, Greg Jennings goes, what you don't remember is in the first quarter, he broke in his leg. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, what Madden is this? <laughs> so, no, nah, but that's why. That's interesting. That's why, and, then so, so, and then to talk in the Super Bowl, how, how did that culminate? Did you guys have a feeling that year that it was something different?
1: You know what? The good thing about it, we were so arrogant. I remember Bob McGinn asking me, do you think you guys can go 19-0? I said, yes. It was headlines everywhere. We were so good. Uh, we didn't get uh, Desmond Howard, who was the Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if we even win that Super Bowl game. He took over the game. That whole year, Desmond Howard was the best return guy. We got Andre Risen. No no team wanted him, thank God. So we had little pieces yeah. that we were just like lining up. What did we if we needed a middle linebacker, George Coontz, my best friend. He got hurt, middle linebacker. We went out and got Ron Cox, who played for the Bears. Put him in there, middle linebacker. We had the best special teams, best defense, best offense. We had everything. But every now and then, great teams need a little piece yeah. here or there. And that was the moment I said to myself, we got everything we need to win a Super Bowl. That's wild.
0: Was there, was there any time during the year where you kind of lost your confidence? You're like, oh, this team is better than us.
1: Well, no, but um, I guess if you interview some of my teammates, they may yeah. say different, but I remember we played the Colts. They, were, they hadn't won a game. I think they were like 0-11. I think the quarterback was Paul Justin and Marvin Harrison with the wide receiver, wow. and they beat us like a drum. And we were favored to go to the Super Bowl. We had just lost to the Cowboys the year before in the championship game, and even after that game, you know how these, they say these games that bring you down on your high horse? We still was very confident. Yeah. But those are the kind of games you sit back and watch the film and say, okay, we got to get our mind right so our body can react. We didn't even watch the film. The coach never showed it to us. He said, I don't even want y'all to watch that. Let's move on to next week. because This is a team we should have beat by 50 points, but they beat us at their place. Okay, nope, don't watch it and just move forward. That's the kind of guy um, Mike Holmgren was. He was a therapist. He was more than a coach. He was like a parent. He was everything, and that's the reason why we won. I
0: have a question. Was, was Sterling Sharp on that team?
1: No, Sterling had left. He heard, Sterling broke his a bone in his neck a yeah. few years before that, and I, Sterling, Ken Rutgers, and a few other guys, around the early 90s, had injuries that didn't get them a chance to go to that Super Bowl. So when Sterling hurt his neck, he had to retire. Uh, Boy, that would have been great if we would have had him. I mean, he was one of the, the few guys, him and Herman Moore, when they got 100 catches, it meant something. Yeah. He had a hundred – and people know Brett was going to throw to him. Yeah. But he had over a hundred catches. i never remember. Forget 1993, you were playing the Detroit Lions. Brett rolled to the left, stopped, and launched it all the way to the right to Sterling Sharp. And I said to myself, man, the losing culture is gone. But yeah, if Sterling could have played another two or three more years, he'd already be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
0: Now, I I reached out to him to see if he wanted to come on the podcast, and I was like, please respond. Please respond. I'm like, he's not going to see it. And then I saw him read it and didn't respond. I was like, damn. I was like, all right. Now, but but now, that's.
1: Well, hit him back and tell him I recommended him to come on. All right.
0: All right. Definitely. I'll reach out again. He'll, He'll be like, all right, we can do that. No, yeah. Do you think he should still be in the Hall of Fame? Do you think eventually he will be?
1: I think he will be uh, because I think they did some projections with a few guys. Terrell Davis was one person because he only played, I think, seven or eight years. Yeah. And they say had he been healthy, he had this. So they projected him out. They could do the same thing with Sterling Sharp. Had he been there, he caught him um, 100 balls. For the next three years, which will be 300 more catches, that puts him in elite companies, and he should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: That's wild. That's wild. And so, and into fast forward to the Super Bowl. Did you have any jitters? Were you nervous? What was like that? What was that? What was that like? No, I
1: will tell you what. I saw before the game. I saw the Blues Brothers. I'm like, man. And then I saw uh, Luther Vandross, the singer. He, he was going to do the national anthem. I saw all these famous people. I'm like, wow. Oh. And where was we'll it? Where it, was it
0: that year? Where was
1: it? Uh, Louisiana, the Superdome. Oh, I mean not me. the Superdome, the uh, down at, uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, in in New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Mercedes yeah, Events. Yeah, Superdome.
1: That was the biggest dome ever. I mean, d- that place was huge. It all green and gold up. And I'm even thinking about it now I'm getting goosebumps. And they say, man, this place is so big, you can land a plane in it. I'm like, this. We had the Super Bowl in Louisiana, and we, we're playing the Patriots. And we had four interns to make sure they didn't deflate the ball that week either.
0: <laughs> I they knew in advance. They knew <laughs> in advance. They were doing it then.
1: You knew. Come on. We knew that Tom Brady and the Patriots were going to win all these Super Bowls so they can handle it. But when we won that game, Zach, I saw Lombardi's name on the trophy. Everybody got emotional. It really was, it was very emotional. The night before Fred Sherman, our defensive coordinator's brother, had passed away. And I remember Mike Hongrig, he said, How can I motivate these guys? This is widely reported. We're sitting at a Saturday night before the game. I see a table with a white sheet over it. So I said, I hope this man ain't gonna get a dead body until he's gonna kill us if we don't win or something, you know, something weird like that. Nope. He pulls the sheet like he was Houdini. He said, that's the winner's share of the money if you win. What motivates people more than money? Nothing. Nothing. That was so impactful. We were like, wow. So we went out and won the game. And I always thought about that. I said, man, do you remember he pulled that money? And we still talk about it to this day, over 25 years ago. And it was just, it was just something about that particular team that we knew we were going to win it. We had everything we needed. Even with some of the bad games I talked about, the Colts game, you feel like you were going to win. And mainly because number four and number two was getting dressed. So that was a big deal, big deal. And after 30 years now, 30 years I saw a sign when we beat, we beat Carolina in the championship game. I saw a sign say, 30 years of misery has ended. We're going to the Super Bowl. I say, 30 years? What is he talking about? I said, oh, they won the first two Super Bowls. It's been a drought ever since. Wow. Tickets are still sold out for twenty-five years. So the fan base supporting, but they need a Super Bowl. They're gonna have more fans at
0: the games in Lambeau this year than Washington had last year. The Chargers, watch out for the Chargers. They're used yeah. to this. So yeah. now nah, I they,
1: saw a lot of jokes out there about that too. <laughs> Some teams are gonna be like, "Hey, it's a normal game." The to, to people here anywhere, but <laughs> our fans it are gonna hurt us. They're gonna try to get ten to twelve thousand. We'll I think it. the way they'll—I think they'll. This is what they'll do: the first week, first two games, no fans. Yeah, I saw that. Let's see how the COVID nineteen is in the state. If it stays low, okay, we'll add three thousand then. If it yeah. stays low, five, and they'll try to get up to twelve. That's their goal. If it gets up to twelve by the like November and you got two or three or more home games, I can see twenty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 people eventually. Not 80,000, no. But I can see up to 25,000 people. And you see the suites, the box suites. Yeah. Those people are different because those are their private suites. Yeah. They've probably been quarantining together. They'll have a mask on. They'll have all the disinfectant stuff, lights going, the UV lights and all that. And then you can open those windows too so it's outside. So it's going to be different. They'll pipe in noise. They may do virtual uh, fans like the NBA.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's nothing like a fan base. Yeah. That It's going to hurt everybody in the in all the sports, but it won't hurt anybody the most like a Green Bay Packer fan because they're the owners. We They kept the team in the 20s to have these type of days. So it's going to hurt a lot of people, basically hurt the Green Bay Packer fans. Yeah.
0: I have a question. I assume you've met Aaron Rodgers on multiple occasions, Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Have you ever met Danica Patrick? I think they're not together, but, but they were. Did you ever meet her?
1: No, I never met her in person. No.
0: I always had a wild thought. I feel like she always drove.
1: Anytime. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when you see a chef cooking show, do you go home and you still cook? Yeah. I do all the cooking. Yeah. And I have, I'm, I'm developing my cooking show yeah. now. And a guy asked me that, when you go home, do you cook? I said, yes. So I'm assuming, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that she would drive. Because I, I, I got into a debate with one of my uh, interns at the radio station about six, seven months ago. I said, she could outdrive anybody in this building. They were like, no, I can do it. I said, nope, she gotta drive any of you guys. Yeah. And they were getting all excited, like, no. I said, dude, it ain't even close.
0: That speed camera must get her three times a week. But- <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets me, it got me. So I know she's like lightning McQueen, just flying down the highway. But no, that's interesting. I have a question: Who's the hardest player in your entire career to tackle?
1: Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was like if you were in a the um, uh, tub and you see a bar of soap, it's gone. Okay, okay, I got it. It's gone again. That Barry Sanders is amazing.
0: Who's, who's number two? Is there, was there a close second or was uh, it like a ways
1: away? Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith was like a bowling ball. He just ran right through arm tackles. That's wild. One cut and go. I mean, Marshall Falk was pretty tough too. But, yeah, those guys, Barrett Sanders, you just couldn't find him, man. Yeah. Just who,
0: couldn't. Who, who's the best DB in the league today in your eyes?
1: Uh, defensive back? Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Uh, let me see here. I say Stefan Gilmore and uh, out there in, with the Patriots. I like Lattimore as well. Yeah, those guys and the kid White from Buffalo.
0: Oh, Tre Yeah, that's how he's playing this year too. Yeah,
1: that, yeah. That, that, that. those are shutdown type guys. You know, and I think you can. You know, the the Packer secondary got a bunch of young guys. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll be on that national stage the Jair Alexander's and Kevin King's one of these days. But those guys, you put them on your best guy, and whatever happens, happens.
0: Were you surprised when they took Jordan Love?
1: Shocked. I was. I, I just didn't – I mean, everybody was. I, because the media was telling us that this is the best receiver draft in 25 years. Yeah. And I was thinking a little bit – maybe a little bit outside the box, I wanted the kid from Oklahoma, the middle linebacker.
0: Oh. Um,
1: Murray, I think. Murray went was he he was to the,
0: char- the Chargers, I think, Was the Chargers.
1: Yes, he was the yeah. charges, and I I wanted him because you, you got to stop the run when you play yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So when they didn't choose him, I choose him. I said, well, you know, and, and that to Green Bay's defense, they want a quarterback when Aaron leaves that they can showcase and run the kind of offense they want to run. It's a run oriented offense. Yeah. And yeah, everybody was shocked. I mean, I mean, I thought it was a dream, like okay, they didn't need a quarterback. You're one game away from the Super Bowl. And when I heard Aaron talk about how shocked he was, yes. then, you know, it was just – it is what it is at this point. You know, in two or three years, you'll see Jordan Love taking over Aaron Rodgers probably playing somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's wild. That's wild. That's interesting. I have a question. So, when, when did you kind of know you were ready to retire?
1: You know what? I, I tell you, after my 10th season, I said I probably – but play either today, don't want me anymore, and they send these signs out. Uh, but I said, if I could play 10 years, I'm golden, I'm good. I got to my 11th year, the team still wanted me, my 12th year, and that's when I broke my shoulder. I broke my shoulder, and it just caused me to not to be as strong. So I said, I'm in my 12th year, my shoulder's broken. To rehab it, to get it back up to that level, it'll be hard. That's when I just shut it down. I said, it's time now. Because that was a, it was a horrific injury. It was broken three spots. I mean, the scapula, you know, you put your hand behind your back and that bone stick, it was all shattered. So, yeah. But I had a great career, though. I really did. And the one thing I'm proud about my career, all of them are at one football card green, and white jerseys. Hey. You don't see that very much. No. Did, did we're any of other... my Aaron Rodgers. Well, him and Brett Favre. Brett Favre, you know, played for a few more of the teams. Yeah. And now Aaron may have to play for another team. So, it's very rare.
0: Did any other teams try to poach you? Or were you like, no, I'm done?
1: No. No, I was done. I told my agent when I was working out, uh, he said, I can, think, I can get you. I said, no, nah, if it ain't with the Packers, I don't want to do it. Nah, yeah. I want to. 12 years is enough.
0: You still got that jacket that guy gave you on the plane?
1: No, I, you know, that's a good question. When we got back to this thing, the team heard about it. And the couple goes to the pro shop, and they gave them – they just wanted to kind of see yeah. what was going on. And they, they gave them, like, a really nice jacket. Oh, cool. And a Packers wrapped it back up they washed we got our own washer and dryer they washed it and packaged it and gave it back to, him and gave him a new jacket for him and his wife that's awesome yeah no one's never asked me that yeah that's
0: wild that's wild yeah. and I have a question what the hell is Canton waiting on because I saw you you had you as a finalist what's going on
1: well I'll tell you what when I first was a semi-finalist yeah. I was excited yeah. I really was and then last year I was a semi-finalist for five or six for five or six years I think I don't know Last year being a finalist, I said to myself, God is good. That means one day I will get in. I just don't know when. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I said they don't go by the numbers. I don't know what they go by. But I would be the only guy, if I'm correct, that's on an all-decade first team. All-decade first team that's not in the Hall of Fame. Really? Steve Atwood. It was me and Steve Atwater, but he went in. Yeah. So now I'm the only guy. It's almost like they forgot I was here. Like, Hello. I mean, so hopefully – because they got so many guys going. I think Manning.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think Charles Woodson. And I mean, they're going to go back to the original five guys. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't like, know what the other going to do. Uh, it's, I hope it will be soon,
1: though, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited.
0: Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Well, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you taking time to chat for a little bit. And then for people that, aren't hey, no following, problem, buddy. people that aren't following you on social media, how can they find you easily?
1: You can find me leap thirty six. L is in Larry. E is in Edward. A is in Apple. P is in Paul. Thirty six. Leap thirty six. At well, on Twitter. Um, Instagram is official underscore Leroy Butler. Facebook leap thirty six. I think I'm the most accessible guy, in that ever played for the Packers. So. People pretty much know who I am. It's been a pleasure, though. I like doing, like I told you before, before we start recording, that I like doing stuff a little bit different. I think people need to see you on different platforms not always on the big guys. I mean, yeah. help the other guys along. Yeah. So I've been yeah. doing quite a few of those. Lately. Dan so Patrick
0: it's, gets it's enough good. people. He's good. Uh, yeah, they got yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. Yeah, but this has been a ton of fun. Really appreciate it. Uh, definitely love to have you back again during the season. Talk Packers, but this has been a blast, man. Really appreciate it.
1: All right, my brother. Take care. Maybe Here's, when I get in the Hall of Fame, we'll do it again. Yeah,
0: I'll come again. I'm trying to get a jacket. <laughs> I, I, I heard this wild thing about the jackets that I think is so interesting. Apparently, the color of the jacket is mm-hmm. some dye that's not in the color spectrum, so nobody can make a fake. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's like the yeah, only. I didn't even I, know that. Yeah, it's the only jacket fact I know, but it's a good one to know. So yeah, no, yeah. but it, it, it can't wait. It's, yeah, I can't wait. But it's kind of fun. Man, we want to find me, so I'll just thank you again.
1: Thanks so much. Zach. You take care, my brother. Have a Free good day.